Chapter thirty four of the Legacy of Cain. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Legacy of Cain by Wilkie Collins. Chapter thirty four The Lively Old Maid. A perfect stranger to the interior of the house, seeing that my experience began and ended with the minister's bedchamber i descended the stairs in the character of a guest in search of domestic information on my way down i heard the door of a room on the ground floor opened and a woman's voice below speaking in a hurry my dear i have not a moment to spare my patients are waiting for me this was followed by a confidential communication judging by the tone mind not a word about me to that old gentleman her patients were waiting for her had i discovered a female doctor and there was some old gentleman whom she was not willing to trust surely i was not that much injured man reaching the hall just as the lady said her last words i caught a glimpse of her face and discovered the middle-aged stranger who had called on miss jillgall and had promised to repeat her visit a second lady was at the door with her back to me taking leave of her friend having said good-bye she turned round and we confronted each other i found her to be a little person wiry and active past the prime of life and ugly enough to encourage prejudice in persons who take a superficial view of their fellow-creatures looking impartially at the little sunken eyes which rested on me with a comical expression of embarrassment i saw signs that said there is some good here under a disagreeable surface if you can only find it she saluted me with a carefully performed curtsey and threw open the door of a room on the ground floor pray walk in sir and permit me to introduce myself i am mr gracedieu's cousin miss jillgall proud indeed to make the acquaintance of a gentleman distinguished in the service of his country or perhaps i ought to say in the service of the law the governor offers hospitality to prisoners and who introduces prisoners to board and lodging with the governor the law beautiful weather for this time of year is it not may i ask have you seen your room the embarrassment which i had already noticed had extended by this time to her voice and her manner she was evidently trying to talk herself into a state of confidence it seemed but too probable that i was indeed the person mentioned by her prudent friend at the door having acknowledged that i had not seen my room yet my politeness attempted to add that there was no hurry the wiry little lady was of the contrary opinion she jumped out of her chair as if she had been shot out of it pray let me make myself useful the dream of my life is to make myself useful to others and to such a man as you i consider myself honoured besides i do enjoy running up and down stairs this way dear sir this way to your room she skipped up the stairs and stopped on the first landing do you know i am a timid person though i may not look like it sometimes curiosity gets the better of me and then i grow bold did you notice a lady who was taking leave of me just now at the house door i replied that i had seen the lady for a moment but not for the first time just as i arrived here from the station i said i found her paying a visit when you were not at home yes and do tell me one thing more my readiness in answering seemed to have inspired miss jillgall with confidence i heard no more confessions of overpowering curiosity am i right she proceeded in supposing that miss helena accompanied you on your way here from the station quite right 
did she say anything particular when she saw the lady asking for me at the door miss helena thought i said that the lady recognized me as a person whom she had seen before and what did you think yourself i thought miss helena was wrong very extraordinary with that remark miss jillgall dropped the subject the meaning of her reiterated inquiries was now as it seemed to me clear enough she was eager to discover how i could have inspired the distrust of me expressed in the caution addressed to her by her friend when we reached the upper floor she paused before the minister's room i believe many years have passed she said since you last saw mr gracedieu i am afraid you have found him a sadly changed man you won't be angry with me i hope for asking more questions i owe mr gracedieu a debt of gratitude which no devotion on my part can ever repay you don't know what a favor i shall consider it if you will tell me what you think of him did it seem to you that he was not quite himself i don't mean in his looks poor dear i mean in his mind there was true sorrow and sympathy in her face i believe i should hardly have thought her ugly if we had first met at that moment thus far she had only amused me i began really to like miss jillgall now i must not conceal from you i replied that the state of mr gracedieu's mind surprised and distressed me but i ought also to tell you that i saw him perhaps at his worst the subject on which he wished to speak with me would have agitated any man in his state of health he consulted me about his daughter's marriage miss jillgall suddenly turned pale his daughter's marriage she repeated oh you frighten me why should i frighten you she seemed to find some difficulty in expressing herself i hardly know how to put it sir you will excuse me won't you if i say what i feel you have influence not the sort of influence that finds places for people who don't deserve them and gets mentioned in the newspaper i only mean influence over mr gracedieu that's what frightens me how do i know oh dear i'm asking another question allow me for once to be plain and positive i'm afraid sir you have encouraged the minister to consent to helena's marriage pardon me i answered you mean eunice's marriage no sir helena no madam eunice what does he mean said miss jillgall to herself i heard her this is what i mean i asserted in my most positive manner the only subject on which the minister has consulted me is miss eunice's marriage my tone left her no alternative but to believe me she looked not only bewildered but alarmed oh poor man has he lost himself in such a dreadful way as that she said to herself i daren't believe it she turned to me you have been talking with him for some time please try to remember while mr gracedieu was speaking of eunice did he say nothing of helena's infamous conduct to her sister not the slightest hint of any such thing i assured her had reached my ears then she cried i can tell you what he has forgotten we kept as much of that miserable story to ourselves as we could in mercy to him besides he was always fondest of eunice she would live in his memory when he had forgotten the other the wretch the traitress the plotter the fiend miss jillgall's good manner slipped as it were from under her she clinched her fists as a final means of expressing her sentiments the wretched english language isn't half strong enough for me she declared with a look of fury i took a liberty may i ask what miss helena has done i said 
may you ask oh heavens you must ask you shall ask mr governor if your eyes are not open to helena's true character i can tell you what she will do she will deceive you into taking her part do you think she went to the station out of regard for the great man pooh she went with an eye to her own interests and she means to make the great man useful thank god i can stop that she checked herself here and looked suspiciously at the door of mr gracedieu's room in the interest of our conversation she whispered we have not given a thought to the place we have been talking in do you think the minister has heard us not if he is asleep as i left him miss jillgall shook her head ominously the safe way is this way she said come with me end of chapter thirty four